Welcome to the April 16th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Psalm 127, and the sermon is entitled, Why Do Children Matter? Delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Today as we come before the Lord, the question is this, why do children matter? Yesterday afternoon, at my home, we held a celebration of Levi's 15th birthday. That's amazing. I have a 15-year-old kid now. And, and I blink my eyes a couple of more times and it's going to be 21, I know. It goes that fast. But just this morning in the balcony as I was talking to a, a family, I learned last night also down the road in Alabama there was a birthday party as well. And some of you may know this story. At that, at that birthday party in Alabama, another tragic shooting took place. Costing four people their lives, 20 people injured, and another, another shooting. And I can't explain that. I can't explain that to you, church. Taking away guns is not the answer. But dealing with evil people and evil hearts is the answer. And I can't do that. But my God can. And I want you to know I can't explain everything that happens to our children. And it's it's tugging at my heartstrings this morning. But I want you to know this. I can't explain it all. But I know this. God is still in control. And He's in control of our families. He's in control of our children. And the best made plans that we have are nothing apart if God is not in them. And that is the message of the day. You can pack up your stuff and leave now if you want to. If God is not in it, there nothing else matters. And so if you want to just... I can't explain it all. But here's what I do know. I know that God is in control. How do children have a part in the matter of family? As we continue our series of why family matters, we looked at marriages a couple weeks ago. And now we're going to look at children this week. And next week I'm going to invite you back because we're going to look at what singleness does. And some of you are in a season of singleness and how that impacts serving and how that impacts your own life. But today our focus is children, and why do we continually need to lift them to the Lord? It's not just a one Sunday kind of thing. It's not just having Nathan pray over them one time, and it's all good. But here is my hope that Christians here in this church and watching all around the world will bathe their children in prayer constantly. Because without God, we can do nothing. And so today, it is with that thought and that mindset, we approach God's holy word. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 127 today. Psalm 127. Throughout your Bible, if you read it, beginning in the Old Testament and working your way through, you will see the importance of teaching God to the next generation. The importance of being faithful in your generation, it may translate to the next generation. And so I want you to know that no matter how faithful I am, it's my children's faith that matters. It's their decision. It's their following of God. But I need to give them the best demonstration possible for that. I know today many people that look at me and say, Pastor Jeffrey, 
we're coming to Clifford because there's so much for the children to do. Let me ask you a question. Be honest with me. How many of you came here to Clifford Baptist Church? One of your reasons for bringing your families here was because we have something for the kids to do. Here's the the need in the community. Here's the need in our world. Our kids need something to do. And so what a great responsibility for the church to grab a hold of the parents' desire and help lead young people to Jesus. But here's where I'm going to step off of my notes, and I'm going to say this. It is not the church's job to raise your kids. You can't depend on a 30-minute lesson to get your kids eternal security forever. It's got to be done at the home. And so, parents, here's what I want you to know. This is a team effort. We want you here. We want your families here. We want your children here. But we also want you to take God home with you and model it before your kids. My devotion a couple weeks ago as I sat down to prepare for this sermon came from Psalm 126. And with, here's what the, the two verses of that devotion said in verses 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Here's my question to you, church. When's the last time you sowed in tears over your family? Over your children. When is the last time you came before the eternal throne of God and and hit your knees and cried out for the protection and the leading of your young people? How many of us as Christians have begged God's help to help me be the parent that I need to be? We're losing young people because we're not sowing right. Our tears are being left out. And we expect things, great things to happen with our kids. You leave God out. You leave the church out. And that's what's happening right now in our nation. They wanted the church to go away and they got what they asked for. And so today, church, what is our responsibility? It's to take back. To take back our country. To take back our children To take back our families. And it starts by you and I being faithful people to a holy God. Today, I've skipped over a lot of my notes. I'm off notes now. I'm sorry. But here's what I want to tell you in Joel chapter number 1, verse number 3. It says, tell your children. Your children will tell their children. And their children another generation. As I read those words, Joel speaks of four generations learning about God. Right now in my own personal situation, I've got grandparents, I've got my parents, I've got me and I've got my children. That's four generations. You might be lucky and get five in this day and age. You might. You might. But four generations of godliness... Passed on from generation to generation. 
And my hope as you as parents and grandparents sitting here today, my hope that is within your heart is that one day you will see your children and your children's children and your children's children's children come to the Lord in faith. Pray for that. Sow in tears so you may reap in joy. Sow those prayers right now. Psalm 127, we're getting to our sermon right now. Psalm 127, take your Bibles with me. We're going to read the first verse. Follow along with me if you will. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Point number one that I want to share with you today is this. You need to depend on the Lord. You need to depend on on the Lord. Just because you may be here today and your child is over 18 doesn't mean your work is done. You still have a prayer life and you still have a God that listens. Many parents today have their idea of how to raise their children. Now here's what I want to say. I'm not here to make your family mad at me. Or I'm not here to intervene in your parenting style. But here's what I do want to say. The Lord must be a part of the home life of your family. Three people agree with me. I'm going to say that one more time, church. The Lord must be a part of your family and raising your children. There are many ways that we do that. The best way that I know how to teach my kids about Jesus is Terry and I bathed them in prayer and we brought the Bible before them and we brought them to church to let other people love on them in the name of Jesus and teach them about Jesus. And it's amazing to see how God works in that. But faith in Jesus Christ needs to be modeled for children Today, many people question who wrote this psalm. Some people think David wrote it for his son Solomon. Some people think Solomon wrote this psalm. I believe Solomon wrote it. And it's with that I'm going to approach the wisest man to ever live. Writes this psalm. And he writes it by being one of the world's most foolish men. He learned about life. And he learned about women. And he learned about love by experiencing it. And he writes this psalm in Psalm 127. And he uses the word vain. I read it to you. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. In the beginning of verse number 2 it says, it is vain. Three times we see the word vain. Do you know what that word means? Let me translate it for you. Useless. So as you read that verse again, just put that word in there, okay? You ready? Except the Lord build the house, they labor uselessly. If that's a word. It's useless to labor unless the Lord is involved. Solomon and all of his wisdom and all of his knowledge says this. It is useless to do anything without the Lord being involved. Unless the Lord builds it, unless he watches over it, it is useless. 
there are many. And I'm not pointing fingers because some of those fingers would be pointed back at myself. There are many today that are trying to run their homes, their families, their jobs, their lives. And they're trying just to live their best life because that's what the world wants you to do. And it all involves everything else except for Jesus. And the wisest man in Ecclesiastes says it's all vanity. By the end of that book, he would say this, Fear God, keep His commandments. This is the whole duty of man. But today, point number one, what I want you to see is you need to depend on the Lord. You don't need to build a family or you don't need to get married. You don't need to build a house. You don't need to do all of that. You don't build a family by having children. You build a family by first starting with the Lord. If you're a teenager here today and I'm looking at my two boys, where'd they go? Oh, they up they upstairs today. See, they're supposed to be right there, right? They up with some friends. My two boys. My two boys. Understand this, before you ever think about a girl, you better think about Jesus. You better look for Jesus. And that is my advice to any young person trying to build a family. You look for Jesus first. You look for Jesus and then, my friends, the Lord is involved in it. Many people have plans and they have the pieces, but they won't allow the Lord in the process to build the family. Point number one today is you need to depend on the Lord. Point number two, look at verse number two. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Point number two today is this, of why children matter, you need to simply rest in his work. Now, some of you, and I'm looking at families today, be honest with me. How many of you are tired in what you do? Be honest. You raise that thing high. I'm raising my hand high. Here's the message of ministry. Can I give you the message of ministry? You never get tired of the work, but you do get tired in the work. And I think that can translate to parenting as well and to families as well. Man, it's a tiring job. I'm not tired of it. I'm tired in the work. And there are many of us that think, hey, if I just had another hour of the day or a few more hours in my day, I could get some stuff done. Well, let me reveal this to you. There's not, not any more that time in one day. And it's not going to be. But here's what this psalm says in verse number 2. It is vain or it is useless for you to rise up early and to sit up late. Many of us think that those days that we can squeeze a couple of more hours out of it. And where does the toll, where is the toll taken? It's taken on ourselves. I've watched families. Many of you included in this. You've earned and you work, uh, you earn an income through a job. You go to work. And you come home, and guess what? You've got to begin to take care of children. And you've got to do homework and help do there. And you've got to help teach through that. And, and then you've got to get dinner ready. And then you've got to bathe everyone. And then you've got to get them in bed. And guess what? It's time to hit the reset button and do it all over again tomorrow. 
And after you do that day in and day out, it's tiring on the physical body. But our lives are built around kids and jobs in such a way that we wish our days away to get to the weekend. We can't wait for the weekend. Our busy schedules, our plans, our planning ahead, those things happen. But friends, I want you to know that those things bring about tired and restless people. Here's what Solomon says. The Lord gives his beloved sleep. How many of you need that confirmation today? He gives his beloved sleep. When I think about that, maybe a man or woman in this room today, a teenager in this room, may be worried or concerned about what tomorrow is going to bring. Verse number 2 says this, to eat the bread of sorrows. The busyness of life and the busyness of family and the busyness of responsibility and the busyness of provision. You're eating the bread of sorrow. And so sorrowfully and anxiously and and fearfully you lay your kids down at night and, and you stagger to bed and you hope to get a good night's rest. But I want you to know that verse number two says, For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Do you know today that you are beloved by the builder? I didn't hear you today. Did you know that you are beloved by the builder, by the watchman? You are the one who is loved. Don't, now, now listen, don't look at me wrongly here, but I want parents' attention right now. Don't build your lives around your children. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't build your lives around your children. I want my kids to have better than I had and do better than I've done. I want them to be successful. But if I'm not careful, I cater to the lives of children instead of the Lord's leading in our life as a family. And so here's my challenge. Don't build your lives around your children. Build your lives around the Savior that will help build your family and lead your family and lead your children. Successful families are not built by human hands. If you look at my boys, Terry and I had a little bit of impact, but it's all by the grace of God. It's all by the grace of God. There's Miss Jean and a few others that I, I know that played a part in putting my kids and teaching them about Jesus. I remember dropping them off in the nursery and the two and three-year-old with Miss Jean. And Miss Jean would grab them up and love them. And I know that she loved them like Jesus would have. And I know that Steve and Lisa Wheeler would teach them about Jesus and all the other, Susan Moyer and many other people. I, I'm getting in trouble naming names because I'm forgetting people now, okay? But every person that has taught my kids has played a part into my children's life. But here's what I need you to know. The, way, the reason that I can lay my head down at night after what happened in Alabama last night is because I know that my children are in the hands of God. And there's nothing, there's no better place for me to leave them is in the hand of a Savior. Today, maybe you need to work on that. 
There was a time and a period in my life as a parent I needed to work on that because I anxiously worried about every move they made. Build your life around Christ and let Him give you the peace that each day brings. Why do I say that? I say that because this. If you go to the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 8, I want to read a couple of verses to you real quick. Matthew chapter number 8, verse number 23. Talking about Jesus and his disciples. It said this. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. Insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. Listen to these next verses. But he was asleep. And the tumultuous storm on the sea when the waves are invading the boat. What is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. Friends, I want you to know. The waves of this world crash on our homes and on our families. And we can sit there and be anxious and worry about their every move. Or we can put them in the Lord's hand and trust them to the Lord. And in that, He gives His beloved Rest. Today my challenge to some of the families here is find the rest and the trust in the Savior's work and in His hand. I'm grateful today. I'm grateful today that growing up just up the road here a couple miles, I want to give you my mother's prayer. And she's here today. I'm not going to look at her because I'll start crying. But this was plastered all over the wall of our home it was, it was told to me when I did not want to hear it. But here's what my mother said. It comes from 3 John, verse number 4. It says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That was my mother's prayer for a teenage son growing up. For teenage twins growing up. For a younger son that would come along I would have no greater joy than my children walk in truth it was not the truth that she would she would teach me it was the truth that Jesus had for me that was the truth that she wanted us to trust in and I'm grateful for that prayer and I remember that prayer over and over it's not a bad dream I promise you that but I cannot forget it we need to rest in the work the only way that I know that my mama rested with two twin teenage boys is to rest in the Lord so I challenge you church to do the exact same thing as we move to point number three I want you to look at the 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 crux of our sermon today verses three through five lo children are heritage of the Lord and are the fruit of the womb his reward as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the youth Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. After you rest in the work, point number three is this. Children are a blessing. Children are a blessing. Now remember, we're talking about building and we're talking about watching. You can have the best made plans. You can have the best designer there is but if those plans get in the wrong hands you're in trouble we have some home builders within this congregation you know what I'm talking about 
And so when we put our children into the master builder's care, we, we trust into God, he begins to work. And here's what the Bible says in verse number 3. Children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Now, if you know me, you know one thing. I love kids. I love them. We, we stopped it too because if I, and our thought was this. If I raise two kids in today's time, I'm doing good. God, that's all I, I want to worry you with on my behalf is two. But listen, I love kids. And I love to hold them. I love to sugar them up. And I love to turn them back over to their parents. But it's amazing that in Matthew chapter 19, as the children press to Jesus, as the parents press to Jesus to pray and to touch those kids, the disciples try to scurry those kids away. Don't bother him. Don't bother him. And what does Jesus say? Let the little children come to me. As I think about that, the kingdom of heaven is just like those kids. It's just like the kids you've seen this morning that when the pastor says, come up in front of 500 people, they come. And when their parents tell them something to do, they listen. And yet we trust them to a world. And one day, very, very soon for me, those 14 and 15-year-olds that I have sitting will become 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible compares our children to a couple of different things. It compares them first to a heritage of the Lord. In Jesus' day, children were a blessing. And here's the bad side of that. If a woman or a family didn't have children, they were viewed as being cursed or having something wrong. And so children are a blessing. And so when we think about that, we think of the world we live in. If you step outside the doors of Clifford Baptist Church, children are not viewed in that way. In many lives today, children are viewed as an inconvenience. They're viewed as a mistake. And so the choice is taken just to get rid of them. They're not a heritage. They're not a gift. They're not a promise of God. They're an inconvenient mistake. And that's how the world views our children. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to have to speak of that from the pulpit. But that is the truth. Young people today, mistakes do happen, but a child is never a mistake. One of the greatest points of ministry in my first years of youth pastor was having a 16-year-old come to my house sit in my living room and say this, I'm with child. First thing I did was grab her around the neck, kiss her on her cheek, and say, we'll get through this. We'll get through this. I'm grateful to see that young child today. I'm grateful to see cousins and family members that have made those same decisions. Friends, I want you to know a child... It's not a mistake. The second thing they're viewed as is the fruit of the womb is his reward. 
I look at my kids sometimes and I say, God, this is my reward. This is what I get. I'm blessed. You know I'm just kidding, boys. I'm blessed. I got to give them a hard time. But here's what I say. The greatest earthly, earthly responsibility that Terry and I have are two names, Levi and Ethan. And I want you to know something, church. They come before you. Did the preacher just say that? Say it again. (laughs) They come before you. I love your kids and I love your family. But God has given me the responsibility to see that two young men understand and know the Lord. And your families have that same responsibility. But when we gather together, it's amazing. Our rewards come together as we lead them to the throne of Jesus Christ. I know our children get on our nerves, but view them as a reward. It will change your outlook on your children. The last point in verse number 4 It says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. I almost brought an arrow today for visual, but I didn't. It's amazing, those arrows. For protection, that's what I view an arrow. I actually view it for putting meat on the table, but that's another story. You just think of your kid right now. Your child right now, I don't care how old they are. At one point, they were in the quiver. Verse number 5 says, Happy is the man that hath a quiver full of them. Y'all fill up your quivers, mine full with two, okay? Y'all fill your quivers up. But as I thought about that, for just a, a few years, for 18 years, I have them in my quiver. I have them in the place of protection where I have control. But here's what's going to happen with those children. I pull them out and I... I try to point them in the right direction. I can only point them. I can't force them. I cannot do anything. But sooner or later, I've got to draw them back and just let them go. Trust in the process. If you talk to an archer here, he has a process. He loads the arrow. He comes to a set point. And at the process, he lets the arrow go knowing that it's going to hit the mark. And some of the hardest things to do as parents is letting the arrow go. Some of you in this room might be be struggling with that now. Of letting that arrow go. But here's your job. Here's your greatest responsibility. Point it in the right direction. Point it to Jesus. Make sure they understand and they know Jesus. You cannot force anything, but you can point it and then let them go. At some point, we've got to let our children go. That time is coming very soon. And my Bible says, happy or blessed is the man that has his quiver full. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies at the gate. One of the blessings of having children is this. That when we get old, there's going to be somebody to take care of us. Shake your head, people. That's what this speaks of. That's part of the blessing. So children, Levi and Ethan, when I get old, you get to take care of me. 
I said it from the pulpit, so it's true, okay? (laughs) Friends, I want you to know, today as we talk about our children, as we pray over our children, as we know that children are a blessing from the Lord, here's where I close down the sermon with this. Maybe today you're here. And maybe you're older. Maybe your children are long gone. You're, you're, you might be influencing your grandchildren now. That's a wonderful thing, I hear. But here's the thing. You're still making a difference. Here's my hope. That every person in this room, every person in this room has an influence on somebody for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you, are, if you are a grandparent in the room today, you still have influence. You still have a chance to, to help influence your young people. But today, are we rested? Are we blessed? Are we happy? Are we unashamed because of the work that the Lord has done in our family's life? Today, why do children matter? Because somebody else has to carry Jesus after I'm off the scene. And you're off the scene. Somebody else needs to carry Jesus. And so church, what a great responsibility we have in this moment to make an impact in young people's lives. I would love people to bring their young people here. But what if we didn't have people that are devoted to teach and devoted to lead them and teach them of God's word? We would be in trouble. Today, I pray that you and I will look strongly at ourselves and how we can influence the next generation. Today, in closing this message, is it possible to build a family without God? Absolutely. But you can only go so far with human efforts. If the Lord is not in it, it's done in vain. And so today, here's what I want to say, church. If you're working on building your life and your family and your home and you don't see the Lord in it, you can take care of that today. You can bow before Him and say, Lord, I'm submitting to your leadership. I'm submitting to your direction of leadership in my family's life. Maybe today's sermon is hard for you. Look at me. Because I know in some lives around this, The word children brings tears. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you can't have children. Maybe that word child brings back those memories. Here's what I want to leave you with. I want to leave you with Psalm 126. Sow those tears and reap in joy. God still has a blessing for your life in a way that you can impact somebody's life. Maybe today... You're here and I'm saying, hey, children are out of my league. I'm I'm done with children. Here's what I'm going to ask you to be. I'm going to ask you to be a prayer warrior. Today, I, I pray that you'll never forget the sight of those kids lying this altar. And every day, you may not know their names. You may not know their families. You may not know their situations. But here's what you can do. Daily, along with your children, you can lift up the children of Clifford Baptist Church. Because we have been given an awesome responsibility to teach our children. My last thing as I close today. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. Here's what I want to tell you. 
everything you are doing in today's time, I'm going to use the word in Psalm 127, everything you do is in vain. You're doing it in your own strength and on your own time. And here's what God wants to do. God wants to intervene in your life. God saves man and woman by His grace. And here's my prayer today. Don't trust what you are doing. Trust what God wants to do through you and through your family. Trust His work and His plan in an old sinner's life. I did it when I was 15 years old. I trusted a Savior's plan. Today, if you need the Savior, just trust His plan, His salvation plan first, and then His plan for your family's life. Friends, today, as I bow and pray, here's what I want you to do. I want to invite you to pray over your family, over your group, over your crew. Maybe they're outside of your biological family. That's okay. Pray for them. Lift up families today. But maybe you want to come to this altar. Maybe you and your husband or you and your wife want to come down and just sow those tears. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. May we pray together? Father God, thank you. Thank you for a hallowed place. Hallowed ground before a holy God. And as we bow today, Lord, we bow before you, seeking your direction and your leading in our lives. We seek that as families, just trying to raise our children to love Jesus. We do that as imperfect people. We do that as sinners that are saved by grace. God, we need your help. We cry out for those people that are closest to us, our families. But I want to interject a prayer for our country. And young people that are losing their lives week by week, it seems, because of evil in our world. Oh God, oh God, I pray that you will protect our young people. Lord, that evil will not win. Reveal yourself. Maybe it has to start at Clifford Baptist Church. God, if you would use us to overcome evil with good. God, I pray that you do that. Stir our hearts with the love of Jesus. That's my prayer. God, we sow our tears because we may never see the harvest, but we understand that somebody will reap in joy. God, thank you for your great work. And if somebody needs your salvation, your plan, your great work in their life today, God, I pray they don't put that off. Lord, maybe today families will join this altar. God, I pray over them. We submit them to you now. We pray that you just take over this invitation time. No matter how old the children are, God, you still work and you still love. Thank you for your amazing grace. We give this to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.